Okay, we're going to begin here on the bottom of Song of Zion Omid Bet by the beginning of the new parak. The parak is really what would have been or you would have expected to be the introduction to the Gemara Shabbat. This is the way you would have expected it to begin. This Mishnah and obviously the subsequent Mishnah give you most of the details or the assumptions that you need to know for the remainder of the Mesechta. So we begin here. They established a principle, a big principle, a general principle, a great principle with regards to Shabbat. Someone who has no idea about Shabbat at all. As Rashi says, Kosovor in Shabbat Torah. has no clue of Shabbat Mina Torah. And he does many Melachot over many Shabbatot. Eno Chayav El Achatat Achat. He only has to bring one Chatat to be Mechaper for that mistake. As Rashi says, Vekarban Neshugeg Ka'ati. He had one forgetting. You bring the Korban for that forgetting. The only thing you didn't know was that there was Shabbat. You didn't forget that there were malachot. You didn't forget multiple times there was a Shabbat. There was only one thing that you were missing. That was the information that there was a Shabbat. Then the second one is, Heodea Ikar Shabbat. Someone who knows about Shabbat. Basa malachot arbei v'shabbatot arbei. Does many malachot over multiple Shabbatot. Chayav Shabbat v'shabbat. There is Chayav for every Shabbat that he violated. So over here he had learned about Shabbat. He knows about Shabbat. But then he forgot. He forgot about Shabbat. He forgot today was Shabbat. But again, the only forgetting that he had was that the day was Shabbat. He didn't forget about doing this malacha, that malacha. He just didn't know it was Shabbat. Rashi over here says that it's sufficient that the days in between, hayamim, that sit between each Shabbat to separate out the Shabbat. There's no way, Rashi says, that he can go through a week without knowing that the subsequent Shabbat is Shabbat. And that's why your chayav will call Shabbat v'Shabbat. You miss, forgot about this Shabbat, then you have six days in between. There's no way you didn't realize that there was a Shabbat coming up or a Shabbat that had passed. And that counts as a yidiah to separate each Shabbat into a separate avera. Tosafot disagrees. Tosafot challenges Rashi on this point and says, yidiah means you know you did something wrong. It's not enough that you have yidiah or there's some sort of subconscious awareness that you're in a weekday versus a weekend or weekday versus Shabbat, that's not enough to separate between the Shabbatot. You actually have to know that you did an Avera in order to terminate that Korban or that Shogeg and start the next Shogeg. You have to have knowledge that you did something wrong. Therefore, he says that he doesn't think Rashi is right here with regards to the fact that the days in between are sufficient to make it into separate Karbanot. Then we have the last... He remembers in between. Right. So, Ayodea Ikar, Ayodea Shu Shabbat. He knows it's Shabbat, Vasam Lachot Arbe, Vishabbatot Arbe. He does multiple Lachot on multiple Shabbatot. Here, he knows it's Shabbat. He just doesn't know that this Lacha is problematic. Then, Chayav, I'll call Av Lacha Umilacha. Then he's Chayav on each Av Lacha. Each one of the 39 categories of Melachot that we'll establish in the subsequent Mishnah, he'll be Chayav Chatat for each one of those categories. As Rashi points out, he says, well, this is different than the previous case for a number of reasons. One is that in the previous case, he just forgot it was Shabbat, nothing else. Over here, he, does, he knows it's Shabbat, he forgets the Melachot. So there could be multiple forgettings over here. In addition to that, not only does he have multiple forgettings with regards to the Melachot, he also has multiple forgettings 
from Shabbat to Shabbat. Why don't we say, like we said in the previous case, well, he has the weekdays in between, that should be enough. So Rashi says that's not sufficient, that isn't sufficient in order to do that, because by the day of Shabbat, it's enough to have an awareness that there are weekdays in between. On the other hand, by this case, where he doesn't know that it's a malacha, he comes to next Shabbat, there's no reason to believe that the weekday in between helped him remember that it was a malacha. As Rashi says, he's got to go to the rabbi and learn. There's no way for him to know that it's a malacha until he changes something within his knowledge base or his awareness. Not something that happens naturally. It's not a sequence of six days Shabbat, six days Shabbat, where you could say, oh, the six days automatically he'll remember it's Shabbat. So therefore we don't say that each Shabbat is considered to be a separate entity over here. Therefore he brings 39 korbanot where each of the abmalachot that he violated. So in this sequence here you have one, two, and three. And number one, you're going to bring one korban over his entire life, no matter how many Shabbatot and how many malachot. In the second category, he's going to bring a korban for every Shabbat that he violated. And in the third case, he's going to bring a korban for every malacha that he violated, or every av malacha that he violated. Now the Mishnah qualifies that a little bit and says, If you do multiple malachot that are similar to one malacha, you're only chayav one chatat. So here, this is a rule with regards to av and etolda. Gemara will discuss this later, discusses it in other places in Babakama, that you have a vote and toladot. What's the difference between an av and a tolda? So the Gemara thinks, so oh, maybe for an av you're chayav a chatat, for a tolda you're not. That's not the case. You're chayav a chatat both for an av and for a tolda. If you do two avot, you're chayav a chatat on each one of these avot. If you do two toladot, you're chayav a chatat on each tolada. So what is the difference? The difference is, if you do a tolda of an av, if you do something that is a derivative of the main av, so if you do the av and it's tolda, you only have to bring one chatat. It's under the subcategory. It's subsumed under that category that is is given by the av malacha. So if you have an av malacha, and then you do whatever tolda sits under it, or even if you do multiple toladot under it, since they're subsumed under the primary part of that category, you'll only bring one chatat. And that's what it says here. If you do multiple toladot under one av, then you can only bring one korban when you violated the av as well. Yes, everything here has to be bishogeg. You only bring a korban chatat when you're in violation bishogeg. Violation b'mezid, you're either karet on Shabbat, if there are no edim, and no hatra. If you have hatra and edim, then you're chayev skila on Shabbat. So here, we're talking about all cases of shogeg. Now the Gemara says, My time atana klal gadol. Why did the Mishnah begin with klal gadol? That implies that there must be a klal katan. So if you have one klal gadol, where is the klal katan? Is that because there is another klal? Which there is, later on in the parak. After we go through the 39 Malachot, there's another klal about carrying on Shabbat. So maybe this is klal gadol, in reference or in contrast to that klal, to that principle over there. So the Gemara says, okay, if that's the case, we've got to be Shvi'it, Nami. In Shvi'it, we have a similar setup in the Mishnayot. Mishum the Kabayi Lumitne, Od Klal Acher, Tana Klal Gadol. Since in Shvi'it, there are also two Mishnayot. One Mishnah that begins Klal Gadol, and another Mishnah that begins just with the qualification Klal. So now I know Klal Gadol is because there's always a contrast or an additional Mishnah that says Klal. The problem now arises, Vahagabi Maser. By Maser, we have the Tani Klal Acher, by Maaser, we have two Klalot, and yet none of them or neither of them is called Klal Gadol. 
So that can't be what generates the Lashon of Klal Gadol in the Mishnah is because there's an additional Klal somewhere else later in the Perek, somewhere else later in the Mesechta. So that can't be it because Bamasir that fails the test. The Amr of Yosi Bravin, Shabbat Ushviit, Deit Behu Avot Vitol Adot, Tana Gadol. So by Shabbat and Shviit, where you have the Avot, which are, by Shabbat, it's the Avot Malachot, which will get up to the 39 Malachot. And Toladot, you have derivatives of those Malachot. So therefore it says, Gadol. So too by Shviit. By Shviit, you also have Avot and Toladot. Rashi says, the Avot by Shviit are, Zriya, Tzira, Zmira, Ubitzira, Dichtivan, that are written in the Psukim. Those are the Malachot that are mentioned by Shviit in the Torah. Therefore they get the categorization of an Av Malachot. Anything that's not written in the Torah is considered to be a derivative of those four items in terms of Avodat HaKarka. So interesting to note, it's not our topic right now, is that there is a fifth Malacha that is written in the Torah, and it's Machlokat Rishonim, whether this really has an Isra Dorait on Shvit, and that's Harisha. Harisha is mentioned in the Psukim. Machlokat Rishonim, as to whether there's an Isra Dorait of Harisha on Shvi'it. Rashi over here does not include Harisha as one of those enumerated so that might give us an indication as to Rashi's feeling about Harisha on Shvi'it. So that's why by Shabbat and Shvi'it it does that. But by Maaser, by Maaser, the Leipe Avot Vitoladot, there's no such thing as an Av and a Toladah, Lotana Kalal Gadol. Then it's not called a Kalal Gadol. Now the truth is, you could suggest that there are Avot and Toladot by Maaser, because you could argue that the avot are that which are written in the Torah. The toladot are those that which are added to Rabbanan. They're only added rabbinically. Because with regards to maser, it's only the gantirosh v'yitzar, that's chayav mina Torah. That is grains, olives, olive oil, grapes, and wine that are chayav maser mina Torah. Min the Rabbanan, you also chayav maser on perot and yerek, on fruits and on vegetables. That's only the rabbinic in nature. There are some Rishonim that believe that Perot Eilan is also Midoraita, but the majority don't, and clearly everybody believes Yerak vegetables are Midorabanan. So you could have argued that you have the Avot and Toledot Ba Ma'asir as well, but the Gemara doesn't do that at this stage. It doesn't think that that's a reason to call something an Av and a Toledah. So now the Gemara says, Ula Bar Kapara. That's a nice explanation, but what are you going to do for Bar Kapara? The Tanik Ma'asir. He had a different Girsa in Masechet Ma'asirot, and he does have Klagodot written there. My Avot, Umay Todot Ika. But Avot and Todot are there. Again, I gave you a suggestion that there could be. Gemara obviously does not accept that as a suggestion. So, El Alav Hainu Taima. This is the reason. The reason is that Gadol establishes a hierarchy. Gadol means I'm bigger than something else. Not in reference to itself. And so far we've considered that Klagodot to be self-referential, which means that there's something in Shabbat that is greater than something else in Shabbat. So I have a Klal Gadol here because I have another Klal in the Mishnah. Feshvit, I have a Klal Gadol because I have another Klal in the Mishnah. What the Gemara is suggesting now is that it's not in reference to Shabbat. When I say Klal Gadol in Shabbat, it means that it's greater than something outside of Shabbat. When I say Klal Gadol by Shvit, it means it's greater than something outside of Shvit. And if I say Klal Gadol by Maser, according to Bar Kapara, that means there's something, it is a hierarchy above something else outside of Maser. And that's what the Gemara is going to explain. Gadol on Shoshal Shabbat, Yuter Mishal Shvi'it. The punishment by Shabbat is greater than the punishment of Shvi'it. De'ilu Shabbat ita ben betalush ben bemechubar. Shabbat applies both to something that's detached as well as something that is attached. Vishilu Shvi'it betalush leta bemechubar ita. 
Veshvi'it, something that is detached, there's no din of Shvi'it. Something that is attached, there is a din of Shvi'it. The way Rashi explains this is, coming into Shvi'it. As you enter into Shvi'it, anything that is detached has no Kedushat Shvi'it. doesn't have any application. If you picked, anything that is picked, taken off the tree, out of the land before Shvi'it comes in, has no Kedushat Shvi'it, is not affected by Shvi'it at all. Whereas, anything that is Mechubar Lekarka, anything that is attached to the ground upon entering in Shvi'it, We'll have issues of shvit, whether it's avodat karka, whether it's kedushat perot shvit. It will have an issue, as opposed to Shabbat. On Shabbat, it's irrelevant if something's detached or attached coming into Shabbat, because we have malachot in both areas. You have malachot with regards to items that are attached. You're not allowed to harvest, you're not allowed to cut, you're not allowed to sever on Shabbat. And then we also have malachot if something's already severed. If you have the grain out, you're not allowed to winnow it. You're not allowed to knead it. There are malachot that apply to things that are already attached to them in the ground. Or, I'm sorry, already detached from the ground. So that is the way Rashi separates between the two, between that is, which is true by Shabbat and not true by Shvi'it. Tosafot doesn't like that explanation. He has reasons for whatever it is that he's explaining because he says Rashi is really talking about Erev Shvi'it going into Shvi'it and Erev Shabbat going into Shabbat, which doesn't seem to be what the Gemara is addre- addressing over here. Well, it's a cloud. Yeah, well, we have to get there. We didn't get to the Shvi'it part yet. This is so far establishing what the hierarchy is of Shabbat. The cloud Gadol of Shabbat makes it greater than Shvi'it. You're right. There's also a cloud Gadol by Shvi'it, which have to make it greater than something else. That'll be the next stage in the Gemara. So now, Ela Nira Lari, Demide Da'achila, Deloshaycha Le'inyan Shabbat, Loshaycha Le'imar, Gadol Shabbat, Lomi Shvi'it, Velomi Maser. When we're talking about things that are about Achila, there's no reason to say by Shabbat that it's bigger than Shvi'it or Maser. Ela Kamar, Gadol Shabbat Mishvi'it, the Isur Malachot Itnehu, Ben Betalush, Ben Bechubar, Velo Isur Malachot Tishvi'it, Mechubar Ita Betalush Leta. The way Tosavot defines it is, that when it comes to the Malachot themselves, it is true on Shvi'it. If you entered into Shvi'it, something's in the ground, and you detach it on Shvi'it, it still has issues of Shvi'it. It has Dushat Shvi'it, that item. So there are issues of Shvi'it that persist, even after something is detached from the ground. So that's what preventing everybody from saying the simple thing, which is, Shabbat applies to both things that are attached and detached. Shvi'it only applies to the things that are attached to the ground. That's just not true. Shvi'it applies to things that are on the ground, but also applies to things that are detached, because they retain Kedushat Shvi'it when they're picked. And then they have rules with regards to Peirot Shvi'it. So what Tosafot does is he narrows the definition of where they're, di- where they're differentiating. He says, we're only talking about Malachot. We're not talking about eating. We're not talking about food items. We're not talking about Peirot Shvi'it. We're simply talking about the Malachot. Doing the malachot that are asur. By Shabbat, the malachot apply to things that are bechubar and things that are detached. That is not true by Shvi'it. By Shvi'it, the malachot of Shvi'it that are listed in the Torah, Zriya, Ktsira, Zmira, Bitsira, only apply to things that are bechubar lekarka. Working the ground only has application when something is attached to the ground, when there's something growing on the ground or growing out of the ground. So that is why, with regards to Shvi'it, it is on a lower level than Shabbat. Because in the world of Malachot, Shabbat has this that is in excess or more chamur than that which is on Shvit, that the Malachot of Shabbat have application to things that are Mechubar and things that are Talush, whereas by Shvit, the Malachot of Shvit, not the Din of Shvit, but Malachot of Shvit only apply to that which is Mechubar Lekarka, not that which is Talush. So now, the Yichil's question which is, Begdolon Shashel Shvit, you termina Maser. What's the klal gadol that is by shvit? That means that there's a higher key by shvit as well. Shvi'it exceeds ma'aser. 
And that's what it is. So you have Shabbat exceeding Shvi'it. Then you have Shvi'it exceeding Maser. How does it exceed Maser? Daily Shvi'it, ita ben b'machal adam, ben b'machal behema. Shvi'it applies equally to food items for humans, or human consumption, as well as food items for animal consumption. We have the Sukim talk about the behema chayat asadeh, that the application, whether here again it's perot shvi'it, kedushat shvi'it, or even working items that have to do with machal behema. Vilu maser v'machal adam ita v'machal behema leta. Maser only applies to food items that are for human consumption. The food items are made for animal consumption. They do not have a chayu maser. If you change your mind, if you originally pick it for human consumption, change the animal consumption, then you might have a chayu maser. It's only when, if you grew it specifically and harvested it specifically for animals, there is no din of maser. But what about Bar Kapara? Bar Kapara said that he also has Klagadol Maser, which means that Maser sits above something else. What's that? Gadol and Shosho Maser, Yotel Mishel Peah. Dilu Maser Ita. Maser applies to Teina Viyerek, applies to figs and to vegetation, vegetables. Dilu Peah Leta Betena Viyerek. On the other hand, Peah does not apply to Teina Viyerek. This is what raises the question beforehand. Truthfully, Maser by Teina V'yerek is only a Din de Rabbanon. And here you see that at a Din de Rabbanan, they're differentiating. They're saying, well, the Maser is of a higher level than Peah because of this Din de Rabbanan. This Din de Rabbanan that Maser applies to Teina V'yerek, that's true there, but not by Peah. So that's why I raised with you before the possibility that the Gemara doesn't entertain, which is by Maser, why can't you say the avot are those that are the right on the toladot or those things that are the rabbanan? You see that the Gemara here entertains, deals with the rabbanans. It considers that to be a differentiating factor between maser and peyah. Titznan, we have a Mishnah, klalam rubi peyah. What is chayav in peyah? Peyah is leaving the corner of the field over. You're not allowed to harvest the final corner of the field. And it's left over for the anim. What qualifies or what are the qualifications for items that are required to have peyah taken for them? Koshu ochel has to be edible. Vinishmar, it has to be able to be stored. Vigdulom in Aretz has to grow from the ground. Vilikikudoto keachat, it has to be harvested at one time. Umachnisod kiyum, and it can be placed into storage. I'm sorry, the word nishmar before means that it is guarded. People do not just leave it. It doesn't things that grow wild. It's something that's grown or domesticated. And machnisod kiyum is that it's something that is put into storage. Those items are chayab pepeah. Now the Gemara will go through. What does that mean? Ochel. Something that is food, items, edible. This is to exclude are aftergrowths of stis vikotza is woad and matter. These are roots that are used for dyeing purposes. So they are grown for their dye. They're not grown for eating or food stuff or being edible. They're simply grown to be used as dyes. Those will not be chayav in peyah because they are not classified as ochel. Vinishmar. Nishmar means, again, that it's domesticated, it's grown uh, in a uh, premeditated manner. The mutehefker, that includes things that grow wild. Things that grow wild, or things that are not owned, do not have a dinin maser. Vigidula minaret, says to grow from the ground. That comes to exclude mushrooms and fungi that are grown. The Gemara believes here that they draw their sustenance from the air. They do not draw their sustenance from the ground. They might grow on the ground. They might grow on the surfaces of the rocks. But they're not drawing their sustenance or their nutrition from the ground. They draw it from the air. That's why the brachot that we make on mushrooms and truffles are shakol niyeh bidvaro. 
because we don't call them borei pri hadama. For that same reason, they're not going to be chayav in peah. Vili it's harvested in one shot. Lemulte teina, that it comes to exclude figs. Figs that grow in the trees, they do not all ripen at the same time. So therefore, its harvest extends over a large period of time. You don't go out there and say, all the figs are coming off today. As opposed to other items where you harvest the entire field or entire section of the field in one shot. Tainim, you have to wait for each one of them to ripen and then you go and you take it off. Omach it can be stored. This is a major factor in their time, which is the mutayerek, is veg- vegetables. Vegetables were all eaten fresh and freshly picked. Without refrigeration, there is no way to have vegetables beyond probably like three days. Everything that you had had to be freshly picked and eaten right away because there's no way to store vegetables. The only way to store vegetables is to pickle them and to do something of that effect to preserve them over long periods of time. So yerek is not something that you put into the key and put into the silo to store. And therefore, it's going to be excluded from peah. By maser, we have a mishnah that says, What is chayav in maser? Koshu okel, vinishmar, vigdulo minaretz. So it has three out of the five qualifications from the previous Mishnah, which is that it has, it has to be edible, it has to be nishmar, it has to be something that you grow in a domestic manner, not that is wild, and gedulo minaretz, it goes from the ground. That's chayav maser. The ilu, the two that are excluded are, that are not mentioned here, the kitoke achat, that is harvested in one shot, umach nisod it has to be put into storage. Lotnan, those are not written. What was excluded by those two items? The kitoke achat excluded teinim. And Machnisoda Kiyum excluded Yerek. So those two items are not excluded from Maser. So Maser has over Peyah these additional two categories of items that will be Chayav and Maser. They're not our Chayav in Peyah. So now the Gemara changed the meaning of Klaal Gadol here not to be in reference, again I said self-referential, where it's saying that there's something bigger or Klaal here as opposed to the other Klaal that's mentioned in this category. But rather it's establishing a hierarchy. Klal Gadol by Shabbat puts it on the top of the category and that's bigger than Shvit. Shvit has a Klal Gadol because it's greater than Maser. Maser, according to Bar Kapar, that has Klal Gadol, is also considered Klal Gadol because it's greater than Peah. So that just shows you Klal Gadol tells you that there's something about this category or this mitzvah that sits above another mitzvah that would be somewhat similar to it. So now the Gemara continues. Rav Shmuel Damre Tavayu so Rav and Shmuel both say, that our Mishnah, now remember in our Mishnah, the first case was a case where he didn't know about Shabbat. He had no idea about Shabbat. How is it possible that someone has no clue about Shabbat? When we say that he forgot Shabbat, what do you mean? Who forgets Shabbat? Who doesn't know about Shabbat? That we can say that when he forgot it, he like forgot it forever. And therefore all the Shabbatot are one of Veira. All the Melachot are all one of Vera because he just didn't know about Shabbat. So Rabbi Shmuel explained to us that our Mishnah is talking about a case, a young child that was taken captive when he was young and grew up amongst non-Jews. He had no clue. He was never taught about Shabbat. That's how that case takes place. Or someone who converted amongst the non-Jews. Now obviously you can't convert amongst the non-Jews. In order to convert, you need three people. You need a Beitin. So as Tosafot explains, he converted in front of a Beitin, in front of three, and that was it. But they never taught him about Shabbat, they never gave him the information he needed. And so then he just continues to be in his own world over there, and doesn't know anything about Shabbat. Aval, someone who was not in either one of those categories, which is Hikir, Osof Shachach. He once knew about Shabbat, he was taught once in his life, but then it right, didn't uh, stay with him for very long. Chayav, Akol Shabbat, the Shabbat. He will automatically 
be dropped into that second category. It's not automatically into the second category where you're going to be chayav on all these Shabbatot. It's not. Our Mishnah. Someone who forgets Ikar Shabbat. What does that mean, Ikar Shabbat? Lav. To forget, you must have known. You can't forget something that you never knew. So if the Mishnah begins in that first category and says that he forgot something, that means he knew it. It's not like we would say that he forgot Ikar Shabbat, but he was never given the information about Ikar Shabbat. It was never made known to him, the Ikraim of Shabbat. Aval. But, hikir l'sov shechach, my, if he didn't know about Shabbat and then forgot it, what would be the din? Chayav al-kol Shabbat v'Shabbat. Then he'd be chayav on every Shabbat, meaning that he'd fall into the second category of our Mishnah. So, Gemara says, well, if that's the case, why don't you refine the Mishnah now, because you could have had a more nuanced distinction. Right now, we said category one is where he doesn't know about Shabbat at all. Category two is where he knew about Shabbat, and then he forgot about it. He forgot about Shabbat this week. He didn't remember that it was Shabbat this week. Why don't you say it like this? You could be in a case where, which is the second category. Let him make this differentiation, which is, that if he knew about Shabbat, and then forgot it, and then certainly the case where he clearly was aware of Shabbat, he just forgot this week, or he forgot that it was Shabbat, that you could have made it that the first category says like this. This is for someone who never knew about Shabbat, was never taught about Shabbat. But, if someone once knew about Shabbat, was taught when he was a little kid, and then totally left, he never remembers at all, that already drops into the second category. Once I know that, of course I know the category that's brought in the Mishnah in the second category. The second category in the Mishnah is... Or somebody who's knowledgeable, knows about Shabbat, he just happened to forget this week, he forgot a number of weeks that it was Shabbat, for whatever reason. He doesn't know it's Shabbat. But that is obvious after you've made such a, such a nuanced distinction about the difference between someone who never knew about Shabbat and someone once knew one time about Shabbat. So why don't we do that? So Mara says, that's exactly what the Mishnah does. What is someone who knows Ikar Shabbat? The second category begins, it says, Ikar Shabbat, Misha Yodea Ikar Shabbat, Someone who once knew about Shabbat and then totally left him. He learned him when he was four years old and he hasn't heard about it since. That's exactly what that second category is. You read it as saying, no, this is someone who's aware of Shabbat and then happened to forget it this week or next week or a couple weeks. That's not the right way to read it. When it means you knew about, when you knew about Shabbat and then you forgot, you know what that means? That means that he once knew about it. One time in his life he knew about it and then he was forgotten from him. Aval. So now the Gemara moves into the third category. Aval if it wasn't the case, my, what would be the din? Then you would be, you would be chayav on every melacha. Is that really, now, again, if you're dropping down, what we're suggesting now is that the first case in the Mishnah, the case where it was a tinok ben agoyim, he knew nothing. Second case is a case where he once knew about Shabbat for, you know, a short period of time, and then it's gone. So then, the third category now would, what the Gemara is suggesting, be a case where he did know about Shabbat, and he just happened to forget this week that it was Shabbat. Or he forgot a couple of weeks that it was Shabbat. But after being very knowledgeable about Shabbat, then he forgets about it. Well, if that's the case, why did our third category? How did we put the third category together? We said the third category is a case where he knows it's Shabbat, he just happened to forget it was a Malacha. Well, don't go there. Make it into a case where he knows it's Shabbat and he happens to forget the whole Shabbat. He'll still be Chayav HaKom Malacha Malacha. No, the Gemara is making a... It's the thing, it's someone 
Okay, so that, that, the Tosfat and, and Rashi argue about that point, why it is. Rashi says, you can look, it's the second Rashi here on the Amud, and he says, you have a sphere because if he really thought you're only Chayab for every Shabbat when it comes to this case, where he's knowledgeable about Shabbat, and he just happens to forget this week, it should have been written explicitly. The fact that it doesn't write in the Mishnah means that it automatically has to drop down to the next category. If you wrote in this category number two is a case where he, when he was four years old, he knew about Shabbat, and that's it. That's a category where he brings one korban for every Shabbat, then it's not obvious, according to Rashi, that the next case where he was knowledgeable his whole life about Shabbat and happens to forget two or three weeks that it's Shabbat, that would not be in the same category. It would automatically drop down. And if it didn't, if it didn't drop down halakhically, then the Mishnah should have included it. Tosafot says, I don't understand that. The, the Gemara says, that if I know this, which is the more Hamur case, then certainly by the other case, it would also be the Allah. So if I know the case where he knew when he was four years old, he's Chayav on every Shabbat, then certainly in a case where he was very knowledgeable and he forgot every Shabbat, it should be the case. So Tosafot says that's not the reason why the Gemara says that it has to be that he's Chayav HaKom Lacham Lacham here. Ella, he says here, Lachachi Perishum, Dani Chayav HaKol Shabbat V'Shabbat. Velok Tani Eino Chayav Ella HaKol Shabbat Hava Mashma so it says the formulation is in the, could have been in the positive or the negative. The Mishnah could have picked how to formulate this. It could say, Chayav al Shabbat v'Shabbat. That's what our Mishnah does say. You're Chayav on every Shabbat. But it could have said, Eino Chayav el al Shabbat. You were not Chayav except for the Shabbatot themselves. In that case, it would be Mashma lo al kol it would mean that, yes, Shabbat, not Malacha. That teaches that our mission is not after the, what you're not Chayav for, our mission is after telling you what you are Chayav for. And therefore, So that's what Tosavot suggests. Tosavot says the formulation of the Mishnah is being your Chayav in every Shabbat comes to tell you not that you're Chayav in Shabbat to the exclusion of the Malachot, She's going to teach you that you are a chayav in Shabbat, but you also could be chayav in the malachot. What would that case be? That would be the case where you knew Shabbat your whole life, and then you forgot about it for a couple of weeks. Then you'd be chayav not only on the Shabbat, we also chayav on the malachot, because the formulation of the Mishnah. So Rashi says it happens to be that it's a diuk out of the second case, which says that that's the case, yes, then the other case must not be that way. Tosafot says it's the formulation in the form of you are chayav, not that you're not chayav. And that formulation says chayav and doesn't come to exclude you from the malachot. That means that this other case where you are chayav, you could be chayav on malachot as well. How, how would not be the opposite? No, you would say, Eno Chayav, Ela Kola Shabbat Shabbat. He says, you can formulate it that way. Eno Chayav, Ela Al Kola Shabbat Shabbat. No, but that's, that's implying that we would have had a Havamina to Melachah. So I agree with you, it's more difficult. The Gemara is going to, the Gemara here is in a Havamina. The Gemara is going to go to your position, which is, you're right. 
That is, it's not so simple. And Robin Shmuel, we're going to rework Robin Shmuel in a second. You're right. Tosvut and Rashi are here trying to explain the Gemara's Havamin and now where they do have such a reason. Right. It's either one of the Diyukim is not easy. Whether you do it according to Rashi or Tosvut, it's not clear why the Gemara automatically assumes that if you have a category, the next category must drop down to the next halachic category. And they're both trying to fish to figure out why is it the Gemara assumes that that must be the case. That was part one. Part two would be, I would think, You would have been medayik the other way. Okay. You would have medayik the opposite of Tosvot, right? All right. That you would have said it should be the opposite of the way. I don't even understand what... what because Tosvot formulates it slightly differently than you. He says, Eino chayev ela al kol Shabbat b'Shabbat. He doesn't formulate like, you're saying, Eino chayev al kol malacha malacha. He says... Yeah, he's saying that it's Eino chayev ela al kol Shabbat b'Shabbat. So he doesn't have that... Ela al kol Shabbat b'Shabbat. But implying that we had a havamina that it could have been worse. Maybe, right? Which or, means that if, if, or, you this, if you move this category over a little bit more, right. then we are going to make you Kaya Kamala That's exactly what the Gemara says. That's the Gemara's question. That's exactly the Gemara's question. Then that means that if you knew about Shabbat your whole life and then you forgot for a couple of weeks, then you would be Kaya Kamala Kamala That's exactly the Gemara's question. All right. Okay. Shabbat. Again, if this is true, then let's make a new, more nuanced distinction. Right, say that someone who knows Ikar Shabbat, and certainly this case, mean that if you knew about Ikar Shabbat and you only forgot about it later on in uh, in life, then that would be Certainly the case where he knows it's Shabbat and he just happens to be forgetting the Malachot, and certainly you'll be Chayav Al Komalacha Ella Matznitan, our mission must be Mishihikar Lasov Shachach. Now here we undermine the whole assumption here. The assumption until now said that the first case in the Mishnah was a case of Tinok Shunishpa ben Agoyim. We're rejecting that. The first case in the Mishnah is a case where he once knew. When he was four years old, he knew about Shabbat, and then he forgot about it. That's the first case. So, Ud Nami, and Rav that's what they said. Shehiker v'sov shachach dami. That's the case also. That that's the case where you are chayav. V'hachi itmar. And this is what they said, Rav Shmuel. Damri tervayu. They're not coming and saying, that's the category where you're chayav one korban. They're saying that that fits into the category where you are chayav one korban. What's the main case of being chayav one korban? That's a case where you knew when you were four years old, and then you forgot about it. That's the main category of where you chayab one korban for all the Shabbatot. What they come to do and say is something that you would have thought is patur. They're saying that fits into that category. It's still a part of that category. And therefore, all of those cases will be cases where you bring one korban. So now we no longer have the problem because that will be the first category. In order to get to the second category, you must be talking about a case where someone knew about Shabbat till the last couple of weeks and then he forgot about Shabbat. That would be the case where you bring on a kol Shabbat the Shabbat. And the last case in the Mishnah was the case where he knows it's Shabbat, he just forgot about the Machot. So what they did was they said that that first case includes all of those items in the first case. But then we have someone who argues, which is Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shimon Lakish, Dami Tavayo, Dafke Hikir Lesov Shachach. 
that the case in the Mishnah is only a case where he knew about it when he was four and then forgot about it. That's a case where you bring a korban every Shabbat. Aval, tinok shnishba ben anachrim, ben anachrim, patur, legamre. You don't have to bring anything. If you never knew about Shabbat, you don't bring a korban, as Rashi says, Someone says it's mutar. It's considered to be anus. It's a complete accident for him. There's no way he should have known or could have known about this. Shkaga involves knowing and forgetting. Here, he never knew. He thinks that it's totally mutar. How could you bring a korban for something like that that becomes anus? That means that you're in the category of anus rachman apatre. Torah says you're patur when it comes to anus. And therefore, this case where this child never knew about Shabbat, he's going to be patur the gamre. So everybody agrees with regards to our Mishnah. The cases in our Mishnah, both Rabbi Yochan Reish and Rabbi Shmuel agree that the first case in the Mishnah is a case where you knew when you were four years old and then you forgot about it. The second case in the Mishnah is where you know about Shabbat and then you recently forgot about Shabbat. And the third case in the Mishnah is where you know it's Shabbat and you forgot about the Malachot. Everybody agrees to that. Their Malachot is, in that first case, where it's the four-year-old who forgets, what else can be included there? Rabbi Shmuel say... And Tinoch Shnishba is also in that category, that first category, and therefore you'll be Chayab one Korban. Rabbi Yochad Rishon can say that it's not. It's even, that's another category altogether, and you're Patur the Gamre for Tinoch Shnishba and Gershnit Gayar Ben Anachrim. Meitavei, we have a problem. Klaagadol Amro Bishabbat. They said Klaagadol Bishabbat. Kola Shocheach Ikar Shabbat. Basam Lachot Arbei, Bishabbatot Arbei, Enu Chayav Elachat. Same as our Mishnah so far. But then, the brighter goes, Ketzad, what's the case? Tinok, Shinishbal ben Anachrim, Begir Shinitgar ben Anachrim, Basam lachotar bey, Bishabatotar bey, Enu chayav elachatat achat. So here you go. You have it defining what the case, that first case in our Mishnah, I mean, here's a brighter, but that first case is being defined by the brighter as being a case of Tinok Shinishba, as well as a Ger Shinitgar ben Anachrim. And it's saying you're still chayav achat. Like Ram and Shmuel, not like Rabbi Yochanan Rishlagish. V'chayav akol dam, v'adam achat, v'alachelev achat, v'alavodazerah achat, and every avera that involves a chiyuv karet, then you'll be chayav one korban v'shogeg for any violation. Every category. Every category of a violation of karet, yeah, that you could be, not just by Shabbat. V'adam, v'adchelev. Each of these categories will require a single chatat over his entire life to be mechaper for it. Umun baz poter. Munbaz there says, you're patur. Munbaz used to give his drush before review, explaining why he was patur. Someone who does something intentionally is called a chote, a sinner. Someone who does something by accident, he's also classified as a chote. Just like by mezid, he has to have knowledge first. So too by Shogeg, in order to be classified as a Shogeg, you must have known and then forgotten. So Amar Lo Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, that's a really nice drusha, but if I take your drusha to the end, to the nth degree, what's going to happen? I'm going to say this, I'll do even better than you. By Mezid, you have knowledge at the time that you're doing it. That's the definition of Mezid. To do something intentionally means I know it's wrong and I'm doing it anyway. So just like by Mezid, I have knowledge at the time I'm doing it, So I'll say the same thing by Shogeg, that I have Yudia, I have knowledge at the time that I'm doing it, which obviously is impossible, because I don't make it to Mezid. But Rabbi Kiva is pointing out the absurdity of drawing a parallel between Shogeg and Mezid. You can't learn from Mezid to Shogeg. It doesn't make sense. 
Because if you took it to the extreme or the nth degree, we would come out with something that is impossible. You'd make Shugeg into Mezid. No, wait, that is, if you have a Mesorah for such a drasha, and here he's making it as basically a, a Hekesh of some sort, that's saying, look, this is the way we define Mezid, so we're going to define creating a Binyan Av, that's how we're going to define Shulgeg. But we keep it saying, such a Binyan such a paradigm, using Mezid as the paradigm for Shulgeg is just not right. You can't use it as a paradigm, there's a clear distinction between them, a difference between them. You're right, if we have a Limud that is specific about a specific item, that can work. But over here, what he's trying to do is saying, Maze is the paradigm, and I'm going to use that structure and bring it over to Shogeg. Where he keeps saying you can't do that. But he's using it as a paradigm. There might be other things that they both get punished. That's also a common denominator. I'm saying so you can't argue that that his position. You could then, but you know what? Right. Like this. But anyway, Amrlo, hang. Mumba says you're right, Rabbi Kiva. That's unbelievable. He says, I agree 100% with what you just said. He says, what do you mean? If you agree with my limud, that means that you just made your shogeg into a mezid. Because it means that he has knowledge when he's doing the thing bishogeg accidentally. That's not an accident anymore. That's a mezid. The Gemara will come back and discuss this. But Mumbaz obviously has a different understanding of what shogeg is now. Because he clearly believes if you know what you're doing at the time of shogeg, you're still a shogeg. What's that case? The Gemara will get to we'll get that in one minute. Tani Miyah. Why do we bring this Brighta down? Not to discuss Munbaz and Rabbi Kiva. We brought this Brighta down because in the beginning when it said Ketzad. When it says Ketzad, Tinok, Tinok, Shinishba Ben Agoyim, we said that is what the case of bringing one Chatat is. Bishlam la Rav Shmuel Neicha. For Rav Shmuel that works well because they think Tinok, Shinishba Ben Agoyim and Gersh Nitgayer Ben Anachrim is Chayav Chatat Echad. So it works well. Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lokish. Kashol, Yochan and Shlokish, how could they argue on a bright on the Tano? We have a Tano here who clearly states or qualifies what our mission is talking about. Our mission is talking about a case of Tinok Shinishpa, and it says it's Chayaf. So I'm going to call Yochan and Shlokish, wait a minute. Lo mi munbaz, wait a minute. We got munbaz, the potar. We had another Tano in that bright that we just brought munbaz, who says you are patur in that case. Anandarina and munbaz. We're going to hold like munbaz. You're right. We are a Moraim, so we can't argue on Tanaim. But if we find a Tana that supports our position, we're fine. We have a Tana in this break that supports our vision, and that's Munbaz. And we're going to subscribe to Munbaz's position. So my time of the Munbaz. Let's understand, what is Munbaz's Limud? That he compared Shogeg to Mezid. It says, lo bishkaga. It says that there'll be one Torah for all those that do Bishkaga. And juxtaposed to that, it says, Someone who does it intentionally. Just like by Mezid, you have to have knowledge at one point in time. I mean, there it's all the way through the action too. So too by Shogeg, it means that he had knowledge at one point. Not a case where he never had any information about this item. What are they going to do with this Torah, this juxtaposition? The way that Rabbi Shuvah ben Levi taught his son, Torah Chati Elachem Lo Seb Bishkaga. Says that there'll be one Torah for all those do Bishkaga. Uchtiv v'chi tishgu v'lo tasu et kol mitzvot aile. Uchtiv v'nefesh asher tase biyad rama. Hukshu kulam davodat zara. Everything is now compared to avodat zara. This is a parshav shulgeg that is found in Parshat Shlach 
It's not clear what it's talking about. You can see here, the puzzle begins, If you make a mistake and do, do, do any, all of these mitzvot, where are all of these mitzvot? It's a dangling modifier. It says Eile, but it never tells you what the Eile is. The Gemara says about that, I'll tell you what it is. What is Kola Mitzvot Eile? Which mitzvah is the same as all the mitzvot of Torah? Shakul Kola Mitzvot Torah. I'll tell you what that is. That's Avodah Zarah. Avodah Zarah is such a fundamental part of our belief that that is a mitzvah that if you violate it, it's Kilu Kafar Bakol. It's if you violated all the mitzvot of Torah. So the Gemara there says that that Parsha is talking about Avodah Zarah. And the Parsha of Parsha Shlach is telling you what you do when you have Shkaga Bavodah and Vanefesh Hashir Tasebi Yad What you, when you do something intentionally by Avodah what is the punishment? But the Parsha began with a category that says Tarachat Tuchol Osem Shkaga. There's one Torah for all the Shkagot. So what the Chachamim are suggesting is Tarachat tells me that all Shkagot have the same Torah as Avodah and that's what the Torah Chat means over here. That's the juxtaposition of that Torah Chat to Yaseh B'yad Ramah. It's come to teach you. Those, that dinim that are true by Avodah Zarah, we're going to take that and apply it to all categories of Shogeg. What does that mean? Malalan Dvar Shechayim V'inals Duno Koreit V'shigigato Chatat The Nefesh Asher Taseh B'yad Ramah What's the punishment there? Koreit The punishment for Avodah Zarah is Koreit When it's done without Edim Vatra Edim Vatra Then it's Skila but without that, it's karet. So therefore, in a case where you have a zdono karet, if you do it intentionally, you're chayav karet, shigigo chatat, then you'll bring mishogega chatat. Af, kol davar, shachayavim, al zdono karet, vashigigo chatat. That's what teaches us that when do you bring a korban chatat? Korban chatat is only applicable for the kretot that are mentioned in masechet kretot. When you have a kretot, something that is chayav karet, then when you do it mishogeg, you're going to be chayav chatat. So for all of the negative commandments that have a chiyuv karet associated with them, that you will bring, if you do a bishogeg, a korban chatat. Where does that learn from? That's learned from here, of this Torah chat, the juxtaposition of the shogeg to the mezid. So, vela munbaz, shikiga b'mai. This is the question that, when we read it, you look at me, Moni asks, what do you mean? How do you have a possible case of shikaga anymore? You said here that you have yidi'ah by mezid, and you have Yidiyah by Shogeg. That means that at the time I'm doing the Maseh, I know what's going on. So how do you have a Shogeg case like that? You have to forget something. You have to make a mistake about something. What's the mistake he made? He forgot, or he didn't know, that you're Chayav Korban for this act. He knew this act was wrong. He just didn't know that you have to bring a Korban if you do this act. So according to Munbaz, that is sufficient to be called a Shogeg. Even though you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing is wrong. Nevertheless, the fact that you don't know your Chayav Korban for it, that's enough to be called a Shogeg. According to Munbaz, you are. This is Munbaz's position. Uh, Munbaz who says that when you have a Yediyah B'maseh, you have a Yediyah at the time of Maseh, you are Chayav. That's this case. You know that you're doing, you just don't know it's a Korban. V'rabanan, obviously say, Shogagah Korban, lo Shmei Shogagah. Just forgetting about the Korban, that's not called a mistake. That's not sufficient to be called a Shogagah. V'rabanan Shogagah B'mai. According to Rabanan, what's called Shogeg, according to Rabanan. They obviously don't subscribe to Munbaz's position, so what is their position? Ryokhanan says the Chumim believe that even though you know it's wrong, but you just do know that it's Chayav Karet. That's enough to say that you're Shogeg, and that's bring a Korban for that. So even though you're doing something, that, doing something that you know is wrong, but because you didn't know that it's Chayav Karet, that's enough. 
Rabbi Sokka Shamar Ashish Gold Belav Ubikaret. No, you have to not know either of these. You have to know that it's, you have to not know that it's wrong, and you have to not know that you're Chayav Karet. Obviously, the two come hand in hand. If you don't know it's wrong, you also don't know that you're Chayav Karet over here. But, yeah, Rabbi, it could be, you don't know it's wrong. Well, you know it's wrong, but you don't know what to punish. Uh, right, but that's already Rabbi Yochanan's. That's Rabbi Yochanan's position. Well, it says, Yeah, but he doesn't know it's wrong, plus, he doesn't know that it's Chayav Karet. So according to Reish Lakish, if you knew that it's wrong already, then you're already outside of the category of Shkaga. That's Rabbi Yochanan's position. Rabbi Yochanan's position is that you can know it's wrong, but just not know the punishment. Reish Lakish's position is you have to not know it's wrong in order to be a Shogay. More like what we think of a Shogay. <laughs> you just don't know what, you don't know this is a wrong act that you're doing right now. Of why you're a Shogay here. Everything, you're forgetting something that makes you into Shogay. Because you're above Shogay, but below Mezid. Right. Yeah, so you're so in this... It's a little bizarre. You know, right. You're in this... We have, a, we have an explanation for it. So this actually makes that at least... Right. According to Rabbi Yochanan, that would be punishment. Of, if you knew what you were doing, you're either a Chai of a real punishment or right. a Chai of a Korva. Right. And if you don't know anything, then you're an, become an onus of some sort. And that's right. why you're put to it. Right. right. The lowest form will be not punishable. Right. You can make sense out of it. Amarovo. My time with Shimon Lokish. What's the position of Rabbi Shimon Lokish based on? Amarokra. Asher lo ta'asena ashame. Says that Achish Gogbala Vikarit. What is that? Shelota Sena Vashem. He doesn't he does it. Vashem and he's guilty Achish Gog. That's the Shkaga. The Shkaga is he doesn't know what he's doing and he doesn't know what he is ashamed for. He doesn't know what he is culpable for. So Karit Shubah. Rabbi Yochanan High Krad Rabbi Shimalakish Mahvidlay. What's Rabbi Yochanan gonna do with that puzzle? He doesn't think that's the right explanation of the puzzle, because he thinks you only have to forget the punishment, not the fact that it's wrong. When it says that an Amaretz brings something, Amaretz, that's the person who's mentioned the Pasuk who forgets, so that Amaretz comes Prat the Mumar, someone who is a left of faith, someone who doesn't believe anymore. He can't bring a Korban. So Rabbi Shimon ben Elazo, Omer, Mishim Rabbi Shimon, Asher lo tasena v'ashem, he learns it out of this Pasuk. Hashav mi yudiyoto mevi karban ha-shigadato. Lo shav mi yudiyoto mevi karban ha-shigadato. How do you know that a Mumar is excluded from being a Korban? Because it says there that a person has shirlot asen of Hashem, that he didn't know. He didn't know about it. That's why he did the wrong thing. Had he known it was wrong, he wouldn't have done it. That's only true of someone who is a belief, is part of the faith. Someone who's a believer says, had he known it was wrong, he wouldn't have done it. But now that he forgot, that's why he did the wrong thing. But that's not true according to, for a Mumar. If a Mumar knew that it was wrong, he would have continued to do it. So that type of person is not going to bring a korban Khatat or Shugay because he's not going to be Chayav Korban. And that's what Rabbi Yochanan does with the Pasuk of Rabbi Shimon Lakish. He learns out that a Mumar is Patur from that Pasuk. Obviously Rabbi Shimon Lakish can learn it out of Miyamar, it's brought the Mumar. He can learn like the Tanakama. Rabbi Yochanan learns like Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, that it's learned out of the same Pasuk that Rish Lakish brings to prove that Shugay is also by forgetting the fact that it's wrong, or not knowing that it's wrong, he says, that pasuk I use for Mumar, and therefore I don't have it available for your limud, Rabshim ben Lakish. Okay, we'll stop over here.